Hey guys, welcome to episode six of the Human Up podcast. I am Nathan Gangadine, and we are going to embark on a touchy subject, what could potentially be a touchy subject. It certainly is for me. And when you hear me speak, it may become a touchy subject for you. In fact, I hope it does. It may even offend you. It might even call into question your very line of work. But this is exciting because it means you can upgrade what you're doing to a whole other level. And that's what Human Up is all about. So, as usual, I, I want to open by inviting you to be aware that if you are to embark on this journey with me, you're not acquiring information, but you're getting dilated. You're getting opened up. You're, you're turning on the lights and perhaps in places you've wanted to keep them off. So in that process, you just might not enjoy it sometimes. You might feel shaken. You might feel threatened. You might feel defensive. You might feel bad. But in order to feel bad, you've got to feel good. Because if you didn't know what good feels like, you couldn't call it bad. So as things start to come up, not unlike, say, getting sick or nauseous before throwing up, you know that it needs to happen and you let it come up. And when you know that it's going to make you feel better, you allow it. So I want to invite you to let the stuff come up and to remember, try to hold that oversight that this is not to make you feel bad. It's to help you get well. It's, it's to help you feel and sense and then therefore expel the toxins of ill reason. What I like to call desourced thinking. Desourced means fragmented. You're, the source is infinitely one and infinitely unifying, including and especially on the level of thought, word, sense. So to that extent, we're all insane, meaning de-sourced, cut off from that pure, awesome, unifying level of reason, truth, and goodness, and love, and that's source, and that's infinite. And so it's exciting. The, the deepest healing of all is what we're talking about. But if we have not been looking at that, if you have not been looking at that, and don't feel bad about that because this culture does not teach us how to see that because the culture itself, not just in America, but across the globe, is steeped in the desourced consciousness. It's steeped in that fragmented space that yoga seeks to heal, that all of the great source teachers and pioneers across the globe that have been turned into religions, fragmented and fragmenting religions often, we're seeking to help us heal this, what is really a foundational dis-ease. 
This is what we really want deep down. Everything we're seeking, as I pointed out in the last episode, everything we think we want is a, is a misdiagnosis of what the real issue is. But we will live our lives enslaved by the driving impetus of a deeper condition, a deeper illness, a deeper sense of incompleteness, which we seek to complete in the incomplete insane level of reasoning that we have normalized so we don't even know that it's insane. However, we're in a brilliant time now because you can see the insanity everywhere you turn, perhaps your own life, your own relationship, and your, uh, your own relationships with your kids, your partner, your parents, your family, your community, your friends, uh, you know, and, and then look at, look at it in, on a global scale or even just what's going on in America today and the, just the division and the fragmentation and the polarization, all of this is connected to the same core foundational issue and infraction, which is a choice, as Buddha pointed out. When Buddha said in his third noble axiom, truth, we have a choice. We don't have to suffer, but it's not the kind of choice we're used to. It's a deeper choice. It's a choice that we have to learn how to choose because being born into this normalized insanity, we get stunted and handicapped at a deep level of being and choice and freedom, not intentionally but just by osmosis, just by the passing it forward uh, from one generation to the next. And it's not the obvious surface level where it's easy to diagnose and point the fingers at the problems, but it's looking, it's being able to see past that and into what's really going on behind the curtain, behind the, the level of presentation and appearance and interpretation. But looking at interpretation itself, looking at how we actually experience our lives, our worlds, how we make our experiences real. This episode is simply called Enough with the Hacking. And yes, it is a command. It's not a request. Stop it. Everywhere I turn these days, the magazines, the TV this morning even said, New Year's hack. Biohacking. Hacking love. Hacking, hacking, hacking. And it's being glorified. And this is part of the normalized insanity. Kind of like this uh, uh, article I saw on one of these magazines, these men's magazines, that said it was, was uh, celebrating this guy for his workout called The Punisher. So there's a, there's, I want to hit the ground running with this point. We are normalizing the violence we are losing touch with the wellness that allows us to see that punishment of the body being glorified is healthy, is unhealthy rather. 
and we're making it seem like it's fine and it's healthy. Put put it in lights, throw it on a marquee, put it in put it in uh, on a magazine cover, and boom, we imply and we start to support. There's something there's something virtuous about violence, normalizing the violence, and you know on a deep deep level to varying degrees when you hear these things, that part inside of all of us that knows that we're desensitizing to these little microaggression moments. I know microaggression is used in a different definition, but it is kind of a form of aggression in micro instances. And we are all in a, in a kind of unconscious collaboration with each other to keep up a kind of facade in order to not pause and go, whoa, Nelly, what are we doing? Look what's happening to nature. Look what's happening to our planet. Look what we're doing to the other species on the planet. Look how we're polluting the waters. Look, you know, these are just some of the examples. Look how we're treating each other. Look, look at the wars. Look at the violence. Look at the judgment. Look at the <clears throat> racism and the sexism and the anti-sexism sexism and all of the forms where it's a big I really want to choose my words carefully because I'm passionate about this and my intention is not to offend anybody, but it is a big shit throwing fest right now. And the, the, there's an obvious missing truth. Enter hacking. I want to read you the definition of hacking for a moment so that you can just get the literal the literal definition here of hacking. The gaining of unauthorized access to data in a system or computer. That's what I thought. Cut with rough or heavy blows. Hack. Use a computer to gain unauthorized access to data in a system. Stated already. Also known for saying manage or cope. The overall meaning and essence even of the word hack, like a hacksaw or hacking into the, the system, hacking into a computer, these ways of speaking are dead giveaways if you should have the sanity to see it and not normalize it and not go, ha, 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 oh, that's cute. But go, no, something's wrong here. It's like if you saw someone getting abused. You have a choice to go, this is not okay. Or you can say, oh, well, you know, I guess that's life. You know, that's how that happens, you know. Right? That moment, and there are many moments, many, many moments that all of us are responsible for. All of us. And this is not about condemning anybody. This is not about labeling anyone as a good person versus a bad person. Let's just say, for argument's sake, we are all essentially good people who want love. No one came into this world. No one was born a bad person. No one came into this world as an evil infant. We get infected by something invisible. And it affects us in a vast array 
of ways and appears in a vast array of pathologies and dysfunctions and malfunctions that we then see in such great numbers that we almost go, well, you know, that's normal. Look how many people are experiencing depression. It's just a thing. Look how many people are experiencing stress. Well, you know, that's life. It's the normalizing that leads to then allowing bad medicine, to put it bluntly, if we're ill and we're, we're discontent and we're, we're wanting to, 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 to address that in any number of ways, we're going to start to come up with answers to our suffering that are part of the suffering. And the language is the dead giveaway, guys. And I have to speak up now and say no more hacking. I will not be a part of this glorification of the hack. Stop hacking. Life hack. That's a big, that's a big buzz term right now. Oh, it's the life hack. I even heard a teacher recently use the term hacking the zone. And saying it like, no, I'm really, I've really like learned how to hack the zone, you know, and, and presenting it like, you know, how cool am I? I'm a, I'm a zone hacker. What is the zone? Let's start there. The zone. You have had an experience of the zone, whether you realize it or not. It could be in any number of instances. It could be while you're playing a game of pool and you don't know what happens. You just knock in eight balls in a row without even trying. And it's like, whoa, how'd you do that? I don't know. I was just in the zone. Or you're on the soccer field, to use another sports metaphor. You're on the soccer field and the team somehow transcends this feeling of efforting and pushing and trying to get it and just everything click, 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 like you're all one and boom, flick, flick, tip, goal. Wah! And everyone cheers. Why? Because that was his own moment. You're making love. And you're both get to a feeling where it's not two people, but one being in this beautiful dance. And neither of you are trying. And you're meeting in that sacred space. This is the word for the zone. Sacred. The word sacred is one of the many words that have been bastardized bastardized from their true meaning. So when some people hear the word sacred, it automatically rings of a couple things I'm willing to bet for you and for a lot of people. For some people, it means what it means. Sacred, holy. Nature is sacred. Don't mess with it. Don't harm it. Don't unilaterally hack and frack nature, there will be consequences. And besides the consequences, hacking and fracking in itself into nature is an act of violence and is not good for either the fracker or the fracked, the hacker or the hacked. To, to use an extreme example, the rapist of the rape victim is not somehow free from that rape. The rapist is raped. And yes, I'm using that as an analogy. Because hacking is gaining of unauthorized access 
unauthorized. To honor that is to honor the sacred. You don't barge into the temple. You don't barge into another human being. You don't violate nature unilaterally because of your ends. These are all forms of hacking. They are all forms of rape. Taking unilaterally. And it is harmful to the taker as well as that which is taken from. Be it a person. Be it nature. Be it an animal. Anything. Even the breath. Don't take your breath. That's taking way too much credit for your life. If it was really us, up to us to take the breath, then who's breathing while you're asleep? And if you tried to stop breathing right now, who do you think is going to win? You or the breath? There is a pandemic arrogance that is really detrimental to all of us. Arrogance is our greatest downfall in a way. That's part of the illness that I'm calling out. And that arrogance is being translated into getting well, hacking, life hack, biohack, zone hack. You do not hack life. To hack is to make life a computer, a thing, an object, and to unilaterally declare yourself authorized to take to your own ends. And then you glorify it. It's normal, guys. I'm going to do yoga. Arrogance. You don't do yoga. Yoga is sacred. Undo yourself into the sacred space of yoga because we've all been done out of yoga. In that sense, we're all innocent. In that sense, we were all that infant. Think about the infant, the child who doesn't have a choice but to have to join what is essentially a cult-like demand to fit in to whatever variation of the culture that you are exposed to. It's big what I'm saying because I'm calling out the whole enchilada as cult-like, whether it be a nation, whether it be a religion, whether it be a race or a community. It all has the same DNA of cultism, which is essentially self-serving. Narcissism, which is a name that can be used for the obvious narcissists, but it can also be used as a cop-out and a scapegoat. The obvious narcissist for the covert narcissist in every single one of us whose bottom line is ourselves. Even if it's about helping others, quote unquote. It can be narcissistically driven. So narcissism is not a specialty 
term for certain instances. I want you to change your mind about that right now. Narcissism is the human condition, the unhealthy human condition that we find ourselves in right now. It's that de-sourced condition, which is, by definition, edging out the very source of our existence, whatever you may call it. And now I'm talking, this is beyond religion versus atheism. We're all implicated here because every single one of us is funded by something that we know is bigger than us if we face it. We didn't put ourselves here. We didn't design us, but we act like we do. And furthermore, with our, with our technology, which would never work if it weren't for the inherent laws of connectivity in, built in to this universe. Connectivity is the key word. And even connectivity might not be strong enough because to connect is to imply two separate pieces having to connect somehow. But what I want you to think of it is that it's not a mind and body connection, for example, because that again implies mind one thing, body is another thing, two Lego pieces that you have to click together somehow. No, the mind and body were never separate, just like time and space were never separate. So when Albert Einstein revealed, I don't want to say discovered, but revealed the reality of the space-time continuum, he did not put it there, it was already there. Revealing that when we had time in one compartment and we had space in another compartment, we were, we were imposing our separatist lens. Separatism, separating, is the, the narcissist disorder that leads to separating self from other, ourselves from nature, that leads to the inevitable, vacuous, way of feeling and therefore trying to heal. So now what are you going to do if you're trying to heal? You're going to try to hack the system. Why? Because you need to hack. Because if you're separate, you've made yourself into a Lego piece. You are going to need that other person to complete you. You are going to be codependent in an unhealthy sense. You are going to be a hacker. I'm calling out the hacker in all of us. So in a way, these people that are calling out these terms like hacking, they're speaking to the zeitgeist, the spirit of the times in the people, which is, if you have the eyes to see, insane, unsacred. and glorified as such. Listen to the music and where the music's going. Watch the movies. You can see it. If you step back and don't let yourself get desensitized into a jaded stupor where you go like, well, I guess this is what it is. But you really go, no. And step back and go, this is not right. This is beyond religion. This is beyond ideologies, guys. This is not my ideology. This is precisely and explicitly about transcending the ideological space, which only leads to fragmentation, war, and division. Because ideological rigidity, fundamentalism, is not reserved to just the religious few 
orthodox few. You can be anti-religious atheist, fundamentalist. It's the fundamentalism itself, which is the rigid stance that the way I see reality is the way that it is. I will tolerate that you see it differently, but we will never meet because I am a Lego and you're, you are a Lego. And if I am to accept your worldview, I have to give up mine. And therefore, we must agree to disagree. And we've got the pluribus without the unum. We've got the many without the one. We've got diversity without peace. And we're done for, guys. We're done for. This is a matter of life and death. So when we talk about getting better, this is much bigger than hacking. Really, honestly, the, the hacking thing is the instigator of this conversation for me today <clears throat> because it's a perfect example. It's a prime example of, of how we normalize violence and how we glorify unilateral taking, narcissistic taking, How we're slipping away with every passing moment from a connection to goodness, truth, justice. It does seem like more and more it's and anything goes. Who can manipulate the most? Who can get the most votes? It's not about truth anymore. It's not about goodness. We see it on the news. Fake news, fake news, fake news. And the, the comeback to that and the, and the comeback to that comeback and the back and forth. And if you have the eyes to see, you can see that there's something gravely missing. It's the unum, the infinite unifying field that we are all sustained and supported by. That makes connectivity, <clears throat> excuse me, that makes connectivity possible. When you flip on a light switch, we take it for granted, just like we take our breath and our heartbeat for granted. Many of us take our lives for granted. It's the, it's the, it's the beginning of depression. You wake up in the morning you're like, oh, another day, another day, nothing new under the sun, been there, done that. The jadedness, inevitable jadedness of the human being being engendered and brought into and indoctrinated as an infant and child into a way of thinking. It's like a code, a virus code that slowly cuts us off, slowly separates us, slowly makes us feel like a thing moving through the world of things and trying to get yours. That's the beginning of narcissism. We become so disconnected from connectivity itself, which is love, which is truth, which is goodness and justice and righteousness, which we all revere in the movies. We want to see goodness win again and again and again. What are these movies? We are, we are rooting for goodness to win. We all want it deep down. And even the bad guys think they're the good guys. Everybody wants to wants goodness. But that doesn't mean we're qualified yet. And what does it take to be qualified? Well, for, for one, stop hacking. Enough with the hacking, guys. Hacking 
is a confession. To say that you're hacking is a confession that you are a part of that violence, that arrogance that purports itself to be so entitled that it can hack into nature and hack into your body and hack into the zone and hack into life. Yes, I'm upset and you should be too. And if you've been hacking and you didn't know any better, forgive yourself, but stop it. It's perpetuating your illness, in other words. It's not getting you anywhere. It's getting you deeper entrenched in the illness. Glorifying it doesn't make it better. It's part of the illness. Normalizing it is part of the illness. So in a way, like I started out, in order to get better, in a way you got to feel sick. If you are ill, ignoring it and covering it up and running from it is not making you better. At some point, and this is where humbleness comes in, because that's really a lot of what this is about, is get humble. Not humble down, which is sort of like a, a put down. And it sounds like a submissiveness. Humble up. Show up for the sacred. Show up for goodness. Show up for truth. Guys, it's not popular. I know that what I'm saying right now is not popular. That's not why I'm doing this. I'm doing this and speaking this because I cannot stand around and watch this hacking going on, wanton hacking in all kinds of ways. So you can be somebody who looks at the oil companies fracking, which sounds like hacking, mind you, is a similar energetic, unauthorized accessing of resources. Unilateral taking, raping. And you can look at that fracking going on and going, how can you do that? And then turn around and you're hacking your own life. Why? Because it's mine. It's my life, mine. Like an object, like a thing that you hold on to. And that's normalized. My life, your life. I don't care what you say anymore. This is my life. Go ahead with your own life and leave me alone. Good for you. Really? Is it good for you? Yes, actually it is. In a narcissistic environment, we do have to put everyone off at arm's length. I hear that song is a victory song, in fact. And, uh, and uh, there's a stage of healthiness going, no, I'm not going to let you run my life, you narcissist. I can be a narcissist all by myself. But we're still in the sickness Think of the word narcissism, not in the way you thought of it before, like, oh, I'm so great, like, oh, I'm just so important, and, uh, you know, that kind of thing. That's the obvious narcissist, right? That's the, uh, <laughs> the overt narcissist. I'm talking about the more subtle behind the scenes in all of us. Of course, we don't want to, if, we, if, if we're aware of how um, unacceptable that blatant narcissism is, we can go, well, I, can't, I know that I can't show that, but I'm still back here in the, in the background. 
I'm still in it for me, my ends. And anything we do, including trying to get well, and this is where it gets really, really hot for me in terms of my fury at the violation of the sacred is when spiritual practices, yoga, meditation, mindfulness, healing, shamanism, all of these, what are meant to be sacred terms, getting thrown around, tossed around without any real understanding. Yoga is, is the biggest for me because, uh, you know, being a yoga teacher of 18 years now and really being in, in the yoga, in the practice of opening to yoga. I'm going to say it, guys. The 200-hour training did not teach me yoga. The, the, the training is information delivery, and yoga is not information. Yoga is way deeper and way more profound and way more available and present than all of these contortionistic techniques that we're using to strong arm the body into submission. Yoga has become another form of hacking to our own ends. Even if you've got a whole slew of people who would say, good on you, lad. Good on you for, for doing something good for yourself. Flexibility is good. Redu uh, stress reduction is good. Good. You're doing good stuff. That's awesome. There's a hidden violation that's being covered up here. And yoga studios and yoga teachers and yoga alliance. Yes, I'm calling you to accountability. Do you really understand what yoga is? Are you participating in helping people heal their consciousness? Or are you giving more information in the Lego space of our fragmented minds, our normalized insanity, and packaging yoga for the illness, to cater to the illness? This is not about being good or bad, but there is a profound ignorance and it's being facilitated by nobody calling it out. We're good people. Remember the premise of this sharing. Let's agree. We are all essentially good people, loving people but we're not well and we're trying to get well with the very mechanisms that led to our unwellness. It's akin to the way prescription drugs can alleviate the symptoms, but then bring all kinds of other insidious effects over time. Picture a Monopoly board with me. 
You've all played Monopoly, or any game board for that matter, the game of life. Life is a game board. And you roll the dice, and it can get you one block ahead, or it can get you several blocks ahead, or it can put you in jail. But the name of the game is, we're not moving backwards, right? We're moving forward. So as long as I'm getting to that next block, it's good enough for me. Mind you, the whole game board setup itself is the insanity that we've normalized. And so healing, wisdom teachings, and wisdom teachers, I'm calling you out. Life coaches, yoga teachers, so-called shaman, Reiki masters, self-proclaimed healers. It's brilliant that you want to help. But have you done your homework? Have you done your own work, yoga teachers? Because much of our offerings, whether we realize it or not, you can't realize it if you're zoomed in so much, you can't see the game board. You're just seeing the block that you're on and the few blocks ahead. Then as long as you get from this block to that block is good enough. And that's how we're using our practices. For example, yoga. I'm not flexible. I want to do yoga and that will get me flexible. That's on the next block. Yay. Yoga is about getting off of that game board, guys. And yet we're packaging it for the popular demand of instant gratification, quick fixes, band-aids, and enough to just make us feel like we're doing it. I call this the rape of change, which means change is sacred, real change. But if we can leverage enough change to go from inflexible to flexible, boom, stressed to less stressed, boom, unfit to fit. Yay, I'm doing it. I'm, I'm on my way. But uh, the whole game board is suffering. The whole, it's the game board of suffering. And by the time we've come around and we're passing go and collecting $200, we don't, we've forgotten that we're in a loop. So here's the question. Are you really okay? with just getting to the next block or next few blocks, but staying on the game board? Or are you ready for the real change? Not the, not the, just the bare minimum of contrast from where you were to where you are to make you feel like, yay, I'm doing it. I'm doing the spiritual thing. I'm healing. Then if you are okay with that, own it. I'm doing lowercase y yoga, and that's what I want, and that's what I'm doing. Nothing. Get lost. There's 8 billion of us that agree, and one of you. I'm exaggerating. But you feel like you're in good company because look what everyone's doing. I just saw a yoga commercial for a, for a, a yoga studio in Vegas, which was nothing but nothing but the glorification of the objectification of these bodies, these women who are posing here, posing there, sweat dripping, ooh, ah. You know, it's, it was all selling sex. In the name of yoga, 
You better believe that upsets me because what yoga really is, is being violated. And the people who are getting, the many, many people who do want to get better, who really do want to heal, but are being led by teachers and guides and so-called wisdom celebrities who actually don't know what they're doing. And they don't need to because it's filling their bank account. It's giving them a name. It's getting them further down the game board. And there's a lot of gullibility and innocent, innocence in a way, ignorance, that because somebody speaks with confidence, I'm not going to name any names, but you know who you are and you know who they are, that speak with confidence, are able to coerce their charisma and their confidence in really what is nothing more than confidence in being able to, like a good magician, fool the audience. And in that confidence, you can sway the ungrounded minds of hungry people who want to feel better. They want to feel better. And you can swoop in and take advantage of that vulnerability because they lack no confidence. Your confidence is money in the bank. Confidence. If you look at the etymology of the word, confide, with faith, fide, like fidelity, confide, with faith. Faith in what? Well, you can have narcissistic faith, confidence in yourself that you can stand your ground rigidly, unilaterally, and with conviction. It's fundamentalism, essentially. That's not real faith. That's not real confidence. Real confidence is sanity. The sanity that I'm speaking of and that yoga speaks of and Krishna and Buddha and Lao Tzu and real science, source science, the deepest of philosophies, ontology, getting to the source of reason, the source of truth, the source. And we cannot have confidence. We can only have narcissistic confidence if we are desourced. And again, that's not real confidence. It's fake confidence. But if you don't have real confidence and someone has the fake confidence, it seems like they're worth, worth following. But then that's where you get cult-like situations. And that's when you get um, taken for rides by somebody who's not qualified. And guys, there are so many people in so many arenas taking advantage of that gullibility and that vulnerability. So yeah, I'm a little upset because you're being hacked as well. The gullible public, the hungry public, who's willing to throw their money at anything that seems like it's going to get them to a better place than where they are. And you're, you can be hacked too, guys. 
Wanting that is not, when I say gullible or, or ignorant, it's not a put down. Please hear that. Because the only reason I can say that is because I've been calling it out in myself for years. And it's not easy. I still cringe at what I bowed to. The kind of people I let get into my head. <laughs> the kind of ceremonies I was exposed to. The kind of gurus that I tipped my hat to and therefore gave my power to. I'm speaking from that place of I know what it feels like to be taken for ride after ride, all because you're a naively trusting and loving person and you just wanna, you just want to get to some form of self-worth that makes you feel like you're worthy and loved and lovable. Wanting to be loved is not an unhealthy thing. That's a healthy thing. Wanting to feel good is a healthy thing. Going about it in a gullible and ignorant way leaves you as a sitting duck to be hacked. So this was not something I was intending to bring out once I started off with this theme, but the people are getting hacked. We're hackable. Whatever collusion or not collusion, blah, 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 with, with, between us and Russia... We're hackable. It wasn't the computers that were hacked. It was the minds that have been hacked. So I'm talking about the hackability. So those of you guys, I'm saying this as a loving brother. Those of you teachers who are glorifying this hack approach, I ask you to stop it. And those of you being hacked, Buying into this hacking craze? I ask you to stop and ask yourself, how is that really making you feel in your guts, in your soul, in your heart? Is that what you really want? Treat your body and life like a computer, a thing, an object that you can take from on your terms no matter what? so that you can get down the game board further? Is that really what you want? If you're attached to that, what I'm saying is going to upset you because you're gonna think, well, if it's not that, then what? Oh, I'll tell you what. Something way better. Something way more soul, heart, body, mind, person, human, friendly, humane, If you don't like the word sacred, call it humane, call it loving, call it caring. But stop hacking. It's getting you deeper into the illness. What's the illness? The illness is the deep depression on the level of your being, which we glaze over and normalize, never goes away. It's like a, imagine like your heart encapsulated with this, with this case encasement, your heart's still in there beating 
but the rest of you can't feel it. And the more we ignore and glaze over and shellac that heart with pretentious band-aids and distraction mechanisms and denial and normalizing and denial, that's the facade that we're, we're, the facade is deadly and we were just piling it on. Your heart's still beating in there, but it, it's covered in all of these layers that makes the rest of you numb to that voice inside of you that's saying, this is not okay. This is not right. And that's not cool these days, is it? It's not cool. It's not popular to say, you know what, guys? Fuck this shit. This is bullshit. And we're all participating in this facade. We're all helping each other. Hey, I won't blow your cover if you don't blow mine. Hey, hey this is not so bad. That's how we're all in a kind of unconscious conspiracy with each other. We can be vast arrays of different beliefs, non-beliefs, theist, atheist, Hindu, Muslim, Christian, on and on and on, feminist, any ideology, any variation, and we can all be in cahoots on this level that I'm calling out right now. The narcissistic, self-serving, hacking the source, hacking. And of course, it doesn't work. To hack, to try to hack your way into the temple, which I'm using as a word for the sacred space, hack your way into love. You don't hack love. You don't hack sex, which is sacred. Eros. We're hacking ourselves to death is what I'm trying to say. So you might be invested in that business. And so you're not going to like what I'm saying. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an ow. If you're even still with me. But I'm saying, God, it's, it takes a great love to say, I'm a hacker. And I don't want to hack anymore. And I forgive myself. I did not know I was doing this. I did not know. I had forgotten that deeply encased heart was so covered up that I, I stopped being able to say, hey, this doesn't feel right. Uh, no, I'm not going to do this. Why? Because safety in numbers, 8 billion strong, all sharing one common disease that has been called out for millennia. It's not new. But we need a new way to call it out because a lot of the scriptures are alienating to the modern day mind and consciousness as specialty interest, old world language, if you believe in that sort of thing. And we, we just, we compartmentalize it into religion. It's just a thing. 
and we missed the great medicine source teachings that were coming through all these ages. The great wealth. We're not starting from scratch. Think of me and my voice as kind of a, a translator from that, for, from the, the deep teachings that were coming through, which again are not information. It's not news. It's not report, reports. Have you heard the good news? It's not a report. It's alive and well now. And what is that alive and well? What, it's the end to our suffering. And it's not based on, it does not have to be based on religions. Religions are based on it. That's what I'm trying to say. And even if you're not in a religion, then you still are standing on some kind of ground of rationale that requires something to make it work. And all I'm saying is let's get to that, not through hacking, but with sacred surfing. It's like, imagine a surfer saying, I'm going to hack this wave. No, you don't hack that wave or it will pound you. Well, then what? It's a great analogy, actually, because you have to have reverence for the wave. The wave is bigger than you. You, you have something to do with it, man. You're surfing that wave. You can't sleep on the job either. It's not taking charge and it's not opting out. There's an in-between place here, the middle way, if you will. Where there is a continual answering to that bigger wave while doing your dance. So this is not about one wave for all of us, but there is a common ground. There is a common wave. And th the reason I'm even doing this is not to fill my bank account with your money. <laughs> I want to see an end to the suffering because of the ignorance. I'm a voice of sanity in, in the midst of normalized insanity. And it would be a crime for me to remain silent. I don't even know what's going to happen to this recording at the time of this recording. I'm just letting it come through for you. I don't want to see this hackability go on anymore, on any level, in any way, shape, or form. I'm tired of seeing the sacred being hacked. And I'm tired of seeing my brothers and sisters and the people being hacked and the children becoming hackers. And the narcissism running rampant, normalized narcissism, covert narcissism, which runs rampant through the world and culture, especially in this, in this nation, this great nation of ours, which is what we're seeing coming out. We can't cover up the illness anymore. There's no cover-up. That's why right now is perhaps one of the most glorious times we could ever be in. Because now, it's so obvious. And it's obvious that the, the, our way of going about healing, especially in, these, in the wisdom realm, wisdom, mindfulness, yoga, healing, spirituality. I'm just going to say it. It's not working, guys. And I'm not going to stand by and not say anything anymore. Just because it's enough to keep your business going does not mean it's the real deal. 
And there is something higher, like that wave to the surfer. There's something higher that we need to answer to here. And it is beyond ideology. But there is truth with a capital T. It's not a truth. It's not a fact. Truth is deeper than facts. The reason, sense, sanity, which we must answer to, reality. That's why this is beyond atheist or theist. All of us have to answer to reality. All of us are required to make sense. And if it makes sense on the game block that you're on, but if you zoom out and the whole freaking thing doesn't make sense, then we're not making sense. And if every one of us are in cahoots saying, well, hey, you know, we're all doing this game board thing, getting to the next block. That's the name of the game. That's life. And so we all just kind of consent to it because, well, what makes it okay? Well, what makes it okay is that everyone's doing it. Really? Is that what makes it okay? What if everyone <laughs> has the same disease? So, so trying, getting more unwell in the name of getting well is a crime. Stop hacking. Hacking is a part of the disease. Like being in a box and clawing at the walls, scraping not the bottom of the barrel, but the top. doesn't feel good to see that, especially if you've been a champion for it. But like that wave that's bigger than you, there's something to answer to here, more than you feeling bad or not. If it makes you feel bad, then good. That means you're getting well. Don't stop it. Don't cut that short. Let yourself feel bad. Don't condemn yourself. I call it condemnation. We are in a condemn nation, a condemning mind space nation and world. And that fear of condemnation has got us trapped and enslaved because if we are to face, we're afraid that if I, oh my God, I am a culprit. We're afraid of the condemnation that follows from there because we self-condemn. And so ironically, being afraid of that is what keeps us in a kind of con condemnation, a, a, a space of, of normalized illness. What's more condemning than that? So in order to get well, we've got to feel bad for a, for a while in transition of learning how to love ourselves as we peel off the layers encasing that heart and we get in touch with that love again. We have to feel bad along the way, guys. Sometimes we do. And if we go like, but I don't want, I don't feel like it. Well, that's the narcissism. But this is something more important than what we feel like admitting or not. I'm calling out the narcissism. And you can't hack your way out of it. Hacking is a narcissistic thing. That's part of the disease. That's what's leading to all of us violating all of us and each other, and yes, the kids, and nature.
So if you know that you're not well, it's like an alcoholic going, you know what? I admit it. I'm an alcoholic. Woo! Yeah! You did it. You, 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 fest, you, you admitted it. Now you can begin healing. And you get you go to AA meeting and, and, and you're supported. You're not condemned. You don't have an AA meeting and everyone goes and says, I'm an alcoholic. And you go, oh, God, I'm glad I didn't. You know, <laughs> Come on, right? <laughs> no. Well, let's translate that, that, that model over to, to the, the universal holism, ego holism, let's call it. Which I'm saying is the narcissism, which is I'm saying is the hacker in all of us, the anti-sacred, the nature raper, the taker, the user, the abuser, and every single one of us to whatever degree. You can say, well, I don't hit my kids, but I hit myself every moment of every day by putting myself down. That's not okay just because it's you. Being, oh, I'm nice to everyone else, but I'm, I'm a piece of shit. That's not okay. I don't want to stand around and listen to you talk to yourself like that or put yourself down. Just because it's you, you don't get to put yourself down. No, that's mean. That's mean to the beautiful being that you are. So there is a scary transition to go from from, I don't even want to look at it. You know, let, no, I would much rather take the blue pill and forget any of this. I just want to just go back into the sweet slumber of the matrix and just carry on. And that may be what you want. It's a, it's a choice that you have. But make no mistake, it's suicidal. The red pill in this story is what I'm speaking to, which is, does a red pill feel good? No, it doesn't. But man, you get real. Wouldn't you rather be real, authentic, and healthy? Even if it meant you had to do some serious vomiting? <laughs> Getting well? Fevers? Chills? Aches and pains? On your way to health? On your way to wellness? Well, the aches and pains of a fever on a physical level, that's a metaphor for an even deeper If we think of the flu not as an, as an adversary, even though it can lead to death in some cases, so we can kind of demonize the flu as bad and it doesn't feel good. But let's just say for argument's sake that the flu is part of nature too. And what if it's actually, even though it really doesn't feel good to go through, what if it actually makes us stronger? What if it actually is in a way the medicine, and this is also known in shamanic medicines, and shamanic practices in some cases where in the process of what they call getting well, you feel ill, you throw up, you get it, get it out. And then afterwards, what happens? Oh my God, what was I carrying around inside of me? What was I just like putting up with? I was so used to feeling sick. I didn't even know I was sick anymore. Well, that's what I'm talking about on the deepest level, guys. I'm talking about going for the big one. Not just getting onto the next block on the game board, but leaving that game board altogether. Something has to be let go, and it's deep, and we're attached to it, and it's attachment itself. Narcissism is another word for attachment addict. We're addicted to addiction. We're attached to attachment. We're so 
fixated upon clinging, claiming, owning, taking, using, hacking. We don't even know that it's an illness anymore. That's serious, man. That's a serious, that's a serious illness. And it's universal. And so much of our culture, if you really have the eyes to see it and zoom out with me, you can see it. So much of it is about cover-up, covering up band-aids, distraction, numbing out, all of that so that we don't have to feel sick. So we're basically saying, I know I'm sick, but I don't, I'm okay with just staying sick as long as I don't have to feel it. But this is where that big wave comes in that you have to answer to because now you're getting pummeled whether you like it or not. Why? Because of our own narcissistic need to just feel good, which means I don't want to feel bad, which means even if it hurts someone else, as long as I don't have to feel bad. And so we become enslaved to our own running away from feeling bad. I'm saying, guys, every single one of us needs to face this. So don't feel bad. Don't feel bad about it. You know, feeling, so there's two kinds of feeling bad is what I'm trying to say. There's the feeling bad that we are always feeling, but we're ignoring and we're denying and we're avoiding. And there's the, so there's the good feeling bad where it's part of getting well. It's part of, oh God, like, oh, I can't believe the way that I've been. I can't believe what's going on all around me. Oh my God, this is not okay. It makes me sick to my soul's stomach. I can't take it anymore. Oh, Okay, that's a good version of feeling bad. But the insult to injury, we don't need that. We don't need insult added to our injury. Yes, we're injured, but you don't, you don't insult somebody in a hospital bed fighting for their lives, do you? You don't, the doctor doesn't say you have cancer and sorry, that's just, that's gross. <laughs> You're on your own, kid. No, you go, oh my God, you need nurturing, you need care. What if we could all hold that space for each other and go, oh my God, we're in a normalized illness. We're all part of it. And we can just have a big fess up session together. We go, you know what? I am a hacker. The unilateral taking, unauthorized taking on your terms. We're all doing that, guys. With every passing breath and day, most of us just by forgetting that it's a blessing to exist, by going, oh my God, or not God, oh my science, oh my source, oh my whatever it may be. Thank you. Thank you. I'm alive. I'm alive. Do we have to have a brush with death to say, oh, I'm so happy to be alive. Even the atheist who has a brush with death doesn't believe in God. It's just stuff, man. Even you will be thankful after a brush with death for being alive. So whatever that is you're thankful to, We all have to answer to it, guys. It's not about the it's not about the 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 idol, the idols or the statues or the graven Im images that that we turn to or even detest. Something deeper. This is, ex it's exciting, man. That's what I want you to feel from this is not that, oh man, I'm a piece of shit. I can't believe it. No, why would I want that? 
doesn't make me feel good. doesn't make me feel better, you know, to do that. I have no need for that. I just know what it feels like to make myself feel that way and, and, and the sheer pointlessness of it. And it doesn't do anything for our healing. So I'm saying, yes, feel bad, but don't add insult to injury. Just feeling bad as a part of remembering what it feels like to feel really good. So there's two kinds of good. There's the good that comes from blue pill, forget about it, chug, chug, chug that beer or take this other, whatever, whatever your medication of choice is, make it go away. Oh, I feel so much better. There's that kind of good that comes from denial and it's a temporary good and it's actually not really good. It's actually an icky kind of good. But then there's the real good where it's, you are facing it, you are owning it, you are holding it and you're going through it. And you know what? That's self-love. The love that's big enough to say, I'm going to hold myself through this objectively painful and uncomfortable transition of waking up. I realized that my pointing the finger over at that narcissist and that narcissist was part of my escapism and making myself feel temporarily good, not the real good, but the good by virtue of leveraging off of someone else's worse-ness that child abuser or that pervert or that racist or that narcissist, you know, and we love to have the scapegoat. We love to have somebody to point the finger. What can you imagine guys with me? It's not this, it's really not that far fetched. You may, you may think of it as utopian or whatever, but really try to imagine with me what it would be like if we were all like, oh my God, guys, we're all in this together. And some of us got really messed up along the way and some of us can function better. And you know what? It's, it's, it's the responsibility of those of us that are more intact to, to give a leg up to each other, not at the expense of our wellness, not to be pulled down, but to pull each other up, to human up together and to have the kind of love that says that's so big, no matter what you've done, if you are authentically ready to go, oh my God. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And and really authentically go. I mean, imagine if we can hold the, the worst murder rapist in a, a big enough love to say, baby, what happened to you? What happened to you? Because I know you didn't come out of the womb like this. What happened, sweetie? Come, let's, let's hold each other. Let's lift each other up. Let's what? That's not that far out of reach, guys. It's just, we have to be able to think it first. We have to be able to imagine it in order to be able to go, oh my God, that's, that's doable. We imagined going to the moon and we did it. And that to me is way more out of reach than what I'm talking about, which is reaching to our brother and our sister and going, baby, what happened to you? And this part of ourselves, it's so angry and so hurt. And we want to say, you did this to me, mom. You did this to me, dad. You did this to me, men. You did this to me, you know, supremacist here and that there. And, you know, and, and, it, and you would be right. And you would be right. But then what? Is it eye for an eye? Is that really what's going to make us feel better and get us out of this phase that we all deep down desperately want to be graduating from, but we can't seem to shortcut our way or sidestep or beat around it? Like Tom Petty said, hey, baby, there ain't no easy way out. 
But the won't back down part could be taken in that narcissistic, I'm going to hold on to my ideology no matter what, even if it kills me or you, or I won't back it down for what? For love, for truth, for goodness, and for till every single last one of us makes it through and heals together. We can't do this alone, guys. And it doesn't have to, we don't have to water down our differences and our diversity should be celebrated. That's what makes it so rich. And, and the diversity freaks some of us out in our ideology because we can't accept that if I'm to truly validate the other and their difference, that that means I'm no longer valid. Well, no, the, the, the rigidity of your ideology is devalidating itself. Because if it's valid, if it's really confident, if you truly are confident, you're not threatened by diversity. You're not threatened by difference. So this started off as a, as a, not a finger shaking, of course, and I'm really hoping you see and sense that from me. I'm, I'm coming from love, but it's a, it, it is a, a voice that says enough. And I want you to find that voice in you. It's not me saying it at you and shaming you. That's the shaking finger. I'm saying, guys, you should say enough hacking. No, I'm not going to let this. I'm not going to pretend that this is okay. Enough hacking, enough fracking, enough attacking, enough taking. Enough. Participating in the disease that has us all. And let's rise now. And there's going to be some throwing up. There's going to be some aches and pains and shakes. And you might even feel crazy at times. It might even be really, really hard to go, oh my God, I have misused my life. I have abused my own life. I have not been sacred. I forgive myself. I didn't know any better. But as I get to know better, I know that that's what will empower me to not allow this ever again. Not because I'm trying to strong arm myself into submission so I do the right behaviors and not the bad behaviors because that's the rules. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about you see on the deepest level, you understand why, why we've been even able to do anything unsacred, anything hurtful to any degree, to nature, to our kids, to our brothers and sisters and parents and to, to everything and, and to ourselves, you know? That the deep forgiveness and self-love that comes from having compassion for ourselves. But also the fiery passion that says enough, no more. This is enough of this. Enough suffering. We don't have to suffer anymore, guys. We don't. We don't. But somebody needs to say something. And we need to call out the real problem. Underneath it all, where we're all implicated 
and we stop pointing the finger and stop all of these things that basically in one big narcissistic endeavor, co-narcissism to avoid facing the real issue, which is that we are all implicated in this. We're all hacking. <laughs> we're hacking ourselves to death and we're hacking each other and we're hacking nature enough, enough. We're putting ourselves at the top and that is not sustainable. We're talking about sheer sustainability. This is survival at the deepest level. And if we're putting our ends, are there a little myopic game board, getting myself to the next on the game board, uh, doing whatever it takes to make me feel better about myself so that I can feel better than, because better than is what, is what good feels like. That hierarchy, that pyramid, climbing up the ladder, whatever form of that you're doing. Or in the self-deprecation that comes from not being able to do that the way, you know, and all of this needless suffering. Guys, all of our suffering is all of our suffering. And there is no success of getting on top of a pile of suffering. That's not success. Unless we say, I'm okay with that. Um, I'm short-sighted and, you know, and that success, a lowercase s success is death. And it is, I, I keep echoing, people are good. We are good people. We, at the deepest level, we're good, but we're not well. And it's universal. That's it. So I leave you with this with a much bigger theme than, than the title suggests or than even I started with, which is, was about no more misdiagnosis of your, of your suffering by using the very mindset that leads to violence, what I keep referring to as unilateral taking, unauthorized access into the sacred. doesn't work. I know that's how it started, but it really is a bigger issue here and an even deeper issue. In other words, hacking is a symptom, but I, I, I just saw it on the news this morning and I just, I'm like, enough, stop acting like this is okay. Stop making it hack. Look at the word, just even the sound of it, hack, hacksaw, hacking into the system, hack, invading, intruding, taking. I mean, hacking is a crime, <laughs> you know? So let's stop normalizing that and all of the ways that we normalize. And wisdom teachers and yoga teachers and, and, and life coaches and inspirational speakers, all of you have the biggest, you don't just step into that role with that, without having that bigger wave to answer to. Are you playing the celebrity game and leveraging the gullibility and vulnerability and deep desire of the people to get well because it works and gets you on the further down the game board? Or are you the real deal helping people get off of the, the Titanic for God's sake? Do you want, are, are you helping people stay on the Titanic and feel good about themselves on the Titanic? Is that the business you're in? Or are you helping people get off the Titanic because it is sinking? It's not about to hit the iceberg. It's sunk.
It's as good as sunk. So you guys are the, the, the most responsible. So don't go putting on your, your, you know, your savior life vest and stay on the Titanic and let people follow you while you stay on the Titanic under the guise and facade of a helper. You should get excited about this. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It just means you didn't know any better yet. And that's why I'm speaking up because there's something more important than making a name for yourself. There's a bigger purpose than that. And we are all implicated and responsible as rational human beings. It's time to human up, guys. Let's hold each other in this process. Let's call each other out, not in a finger pointy way, but say, hey, reminder, friendly reminder. Hey, you're hacking. Hey, you forgot. And we go, oh, you're right. Call each other to nobility, for God's sake, for goodness sake. That's cool. That's badass. That's the humanity I'm rooting for. So that's my invitation to you today with this, dare I call it a podcast. <laughs> it almost feels uh, like the wrong name. But this, this uh, journey that we've gone on together, I've gone on it with you. <sighs> I hope this helps. I hope you can get excited about feeling sick. <laughs> you know? Like, get excited, man. This is like, you know, it's part of the process of getting well. I got to feel sick on the process. It doesn't have to be for very long, but we can drag it out unnecessarily. I'm just saying, let's just go for it, man. Let's hold each other. Let's, let's fess up. <laughs> let's get it out. And let's not attack each other. Let's not do it on each other or at each other anymore. Let's, Let's just let it come up and out. Let's hold each other in the healing process and say, God, we all, got, we all got deeply hurt. We are all those precious babies that came in. Every single one of us was that precious baby and that actually innocent child did not have a chance of a snowflake in hell to not get sick. And we all got it and then normalized it. And I mean, the freaking entire institution of culture and it's all the institutions of culture in a way are... are put in place to, to, to normalize it and, and, and make it into just like a machine. And we're just going coming in and going into the machine. And as much as you may want to point at the bad guy over there and across the sea and up in the government and, and, you know, across the street or whatever you want a bad guy to point at guys, the moment of liberation is when we stop doing that and go, you know what, how am I participating? How, how are we all participating? That would be badass, don't you think? And stop being, I'm going to say it, cowardly by, by using the scapegoats. Because there's plenty of scapegoats. You can scapegoat yourself to death. Point the finger. There's plenty to point your finger at. Is that getting you better? Is that getting you off the Titanic? That's the wave that's bigger that I'm talking about. Are you just in it for the next game block on the game board? 
because that's good enough for everyone, so it's good enough for you? Or are you fed up with this now and you want to get off the Titanic? Or are you still partying in the ballroom, trying to elbow into that ballroom because of the glitz and glamour and everyone's pretending like the boat isn't sinking and that's good enough? Is that good enough? And then when somebody comes along and says, yo, the boat's sinking, you go, get them out of here. You're the problem. Get off. Get them out of here. <laughs> Throw them overboard. <laughs> you know? I'm saying it, guys. The Titanic's sinking and we're all on it. There's something more important than you playing that Titanic game so to feel better about yourself. There's something more important than you feeling good. It's feeling really good. <laughs> That's what's more important. Because what you call feeling good about ourselves by leveraging the, the, the sick culture and institutions that we have in place in every aspect of life, if you call that good, you have no idea what good feels like. There's something way better than you feeling good. And it's you feeling really good. <laughs> That's all I'm saying, guys. And, and sorry, it's not avoidance and denial is not the answer. Finger pointing is not the answer. Owning up humaning up, stepping into your true, higher rational capacity. Facing the insanity is the only way to get sane. Facing the sophistry, which is, which is lies and falsity and narcissism with the truth face, with a wisdom face, that's sophistry. Facing the sophistry means you're getting into the real truth with the capital T. That's what a human being is, a truth being, a sense being, a sanity being. So that's my invitation. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on this ever-deepening journey, exciting ride into wellness and I'll see you and hear you <laughs> next time. Goodbye.